I don't know. It'd be tough to say that I'd be mad at it because those guys are dogs. I think Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, like, animals. Did something happen? David Montgomery signed with the Lions. Three-year deal. That is the worst fucking news of the night. Oh, my God. That is so brutal, dude. We're having a fucking important Damn. episode, and we just see a fan favorite go to a division fucking rival. Are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> Three so. years – Three years, eighteen million. You couldn't get that Monty six. Welcome into the most important episode of Around the Loop in our lifetime. In our lifetimes. No, Larry, he's on vacation down in Arizona doing some inside scooping on the Chicago Cubs right now. So I'm sure he'll be back kind of Marlin traitoring right now, a little Benedict Arnold right now. I'm pretty sure he's a Marlins fan now. You know, so. you know Larry, he won't want that, that information to be leaked. He's real <laughs> careful about who hears what. What what are the Marlins setting them up with down there? What are they doing? What are they plotting against the Cubs right now? They got Larry. They have the most valuable resource in Major League Baseball, Larry Larson. And Jazz Chisholm. I mean, those two. (laughs) duo. Deadly. So, a lot has happened since we've talked. Last time we talked, I think we discussed Bears having the number one overall pick, which they no longer do. Final details were pick one to the Carolina Panthers for pick nine, pick 61 this year, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and definitely the biggest piece of the trade, the most shocking piece of the trade is star-wide receiver DJ Moore. But I also feel like the most important piece of this trade for the Bears is also the fact that they're officially bought into Justin Fields for the future. He's their guy. The skeptics can go back to bed about them because the bears are bought in and if ryan poles is bought in on qb1 then i'm bought in on qb1 and i think the most exciting part about it is you ryan poles comes from kansas city where he obviously probably didn't have a whole lot of say in drafting patrick mahomes but a say along with ian cunningham coming from the kansas or from the philadelphia eagles would assume probably had somewhat of a big play i know he was pretty big over there in philadelphia uh, in the in the drafting of Jalen Hurts. So I trust these guys, and if whoever they think is quarterback one is quarterback one. Lucas, your thoughts on the blockbuster trade that went down on Friday? Man, I, I was so excited. It's, it's everything that we were hoping for, plus, like, that DJ Moore on top. Like, we're going through what we got. We got, you know, we checked all the boxes that we needed. Like, value-wise, three first-round picks, bare minimum, we absolutely got that. We stayed within the top 10, which once we realized like we could be going past the four spot that everyone kind of talked to saying like, oh, they're going to trade with Colts. They still want to get uh, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. And once we realized that that might not be the case, staying in the top 10, I think still a huge, uh, huge way to come out of that for, for the Bears. Got the 24 first, 
got two extra seconds on top and then got DJ Moore, who I think is worth a first round pick in his own right. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, like I said, everything we needed, he's, he's young, he's on a great contract, like fits perfectly in the timeline of the bears right now. And then on the, the overall, like looking at the trade, it did exactly what we needed to get out of it and what we talked about needing. We have resources to go at it this year. We got the extra second round pick. We got DJ Moore. We have future picks. If we, I mean, we have everything we need to make a huge trade right now still. Um, and that's definitely not off the table. So we have that for this year, but then we also could use those resources if we give Justin Fields all these weapons, the help, and it doesn't, you know, take that next step. We're still stuck. We decide that we need to move on. Then we have the resources to move on next year and trade up and draft, you know, two extremely talented quarterbacks, at least so far looking at the class. 100% Drake man, Caleb Williams, very enticing. And I think the most exciting part about that is where are the Panthers going to be next year? Uh, especially yeah. after today's edition of Andy Dalton, like that opens up the door for them to take, in my eyes, a two-year deal to Andy Dalton uh, for them to take someone like Anthony Richardson and take that risk at mm -hmm. one and give Dalton the reins for a year or two. That, that I mean, I ex expected them to maybe go after just a low-end uh, backup quarterback. Andy Dalton is definitely one of the high-end backup quarterbacks, someone who you can play over a rookie. And But I feel like we all could agree Stroud or Young taken at one, they're going to be starting week one. And for them yeah. to hand Andy Dalton that, a uh, two-year deal, it makes me think the door is open now for them to take Richardson. And best-case scenario for Chicago right there is if, if Andy Dalton's playing football in Carolina the whole <laughs> season, there's a good chance we have a top-five pick. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even if, like, best-case scenario for this Panthers team, like, they're not making the playoffs. Like, they're not going to be a top-half team. Like, they, they'll they probably come out of the draft with a wide receiver. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they take one with their second-round pick, would 40-something around there. But still, you're getting probably wide receiver four, five of this class, adding it to Terrace Marshall, you don't have great skill players outside of anyone. Like, I mean, it's just not a very good team right now. DJ Moore and Brian Burns were those two bright spots that they did still have. Now they have the pick, but I mean, whatever quarterback gets drafted to Carolina is coming into possibly a worse situation than we saw with Justin Fields. And that's saying something, you know, it's been rough going these past couple of years. So yeah, cards are definitely on the table for the bears to have at least one really early pick. And if things don't go well, like like if the scenario plays out that we need to draft a quarterback, it's probably because we didn't make the playoffs and we're going to have two top 16 picks that, you know, at our disposal plus additional futures. So I don't know. We are in a great spot right now after that trade. I just love how Poles played this entire thing. I think he handled it so well. This dude got his own hotel away from the general managers in Indianapolis and made the GMs come to him. Like, and then just going on this like ballsy rant of like, I know what the hell I can get. Mm -hmm. Come, come to me. I know what I can get right now. It's a matter of when, like pretty much mm -hmm. saying, and I know he kind of got a lot of heat. Like, Oh, is he seeming desperate? He wasn't like knowing now what the trade is. He wasn't. And obviously, you know, he was talking about three first. I think if you ask any Bears fan in Chicago right now, 
would you trade a 2025 first round pick for DJ Moore? It's an easy yes. Mm-hmm. I would say yes, no problem to that. Just adding him to this roster now with Mooney, Claypool, Komet, all great receiving, not great receiving options, but overall like a really good receiving core. If you look around the league now, we just definitely moved ourselves up a big tier. And excited to see what he can do. There's really no excuses for him now anymore. And we're about to get into the free agency conversations now. The trenches definitely still need work. Mm-hmm. Offensive line, defensive line, little underwhelming. You know, McGlinchey was on the table on his way to Denver, a very expensive deal. Can't knock polls for trying to outbid Denver. I think if we were to give McGlinchey who is projected around 15 million, 18 million a year. There could definitely be some heat for that. And, you know, Orlando Brown is still on the table. He's still got work to do, but those free agent signings started what? First, first deal of the day for the entire NFL, bringing in TJ Edwards on a three year, $20 million deal, I believe, averaging around like six and a half a year. A really good linebacker at a cheap cost. And you just, Seeing the reaction from the Philadelphia fans that automatically gives you hope as a Bear fan for him. A lot of people were upset to lose him. Then going after what Nate Davis, the yeah. guard from Tennessee, was our second signing of the day. And then second Tennessee guy, the defensive end, uh, Delaney. No, not Delaney Walker. Marcus Walker. Walker. <laughs> DeMarcus Walker. And then the most shocking one of the day, it's definitely Tremaine Edmonds the linebacker from the Bills, who is a phenomenal athlete. And you'd have to think, like, yeah, everyone's thinking, everyone's thinking, wow, he's going to be the phenomenal Will linebacker. This dude's 6'5". Yeah. You know, this dude might be a Mike, honestly. Like, no quarterback is going to want to throw over the middle of the field with him right there in the middle. And – it was funny. I saw Lance Briggs tweeting the same thing yesterday. He goes, everyone wanted – was like, oh, Brian Urlacher is going to be this phenomenal Will linebacker in this Bears defense. No, once they put him in the middle, he ate. No one wanted to throw over the middle. No one wanted to throw over him. So it will be interesting to see how Eberflus plays out with what we've got so far. But how are you feeling so far about the free agency? My favorite part, and it plays into just – I've really been on board with pretty much every move that Ryan Poles has made. My favorite part about it is he's taken starting at the secondary, arguably our worst position group, and turned it into our a top three on three separate occasions. He made the two second round picks, drafted Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon. Instantly, our defensive backs went from needing the most help to our most talented skill uh, position group outside of you know quarterback with Justin Fields. Wide receiver, we know that's an issue. Yeah, I think everyone can admit we overpaid for Claypool, especially considering the production that we got last year and the fact that we got, you know, it's technically a first-round pick being at 32 there. Um, but then after making the move for DJ Moore, getting us like a very good wide receiver one, suddenly maybe wide receiver is the most talented position group that we have on this team. And then linebacker too. Like, we have Jack Sanborn. Yeah, we're really happy with the production we got out of him. But outside of him, like, we really don't have any linebackers we can count on. Goes gets, like, a centerpiece of the Super Bowl 
Philadelphia Eagles defense signs him to a pretty good deal, I think, money-wise, and then splashes against Tremaine Edmonds. Huge deal. Hugely talented player, like you said, a difference maker with his size and speed and, and how he plays. So all of a sudden, that might be our most talented and productive position group on the team. So it's just – I think he's made the right moves. He's addressed the needs. Even the right guard deal, you know, we need offensive linemen. That's clear and obvious. We haven't signed the big names so far that have come off the board, but I think Orlando Brown were probably the odds-on favorites to get him, if I had to guess. Um, so, I don't know. I just definitely have faith seeing what he's been able to do for us so far. I couldn't agree more. The Tremaine Edmonds signing, you know, some we were all expecting Bobby O'Karrake, and I was reading some things that I really wasn't buying into about how Poles doesn't like him, but Iberflus wants yeah. him, and they kind of been disagreeing on that. Um, maybe it was true looking back on it now, especially going after two linebackers and him not being one of them. So was a little surprised by that, but yeah, getting Tremaine Edmonds was phenomenal. A little pricey, don't get me wrong, you know, especially <laughs> for me, you know, I'm big against like paying linebackers and running backs big money like that, but just the way he set up the contract, how can I complain? Very front-loaded, uh, cap room is going to be cleared if Justin Fields is the guy, just you know, the big money is going to be coming out now when we're still in this rebuilding phase and it can. And then once we need to re-sign Justin Fields, he's going to be making cheaper, cheaper value then. So I love the way he set up these contracts as well. Looks like a lot of the money is going to be coming out in 2024. And you'd have to think Fields could be getting an extension right after that offseason or potentially after 2023 if he takes some massive step but I mean I feel like we haven't heard a whole lot about Jalen Hurts getting an extension so I feel like they're kind of you know I base those two a lot off of each other just because their mm -hmm. career path has been somewhat similar and same with uh, Josh Allen as well Josh Allen did get it after year three but haven't been hearing anything much about Hurts getting it so we'll see how they play that out but I'm really I, I can't complain at all you know obviously people wanted to go get the big and uh, Mike McGlinchey and Orlando Brown, which is still on the table, and just a lot of other big names like that, like Draymond Jones. But what I, mm -hmm. I think what I like the most is Ryan Poles has always said, we're going to build through the draft, we're going to build through the draft, we're going to build through the draft. And if you look, his most important positions that are still needs are going to probably be our draft picks. Now, those are the ones that he's going to probably want to have homegrown on rookie deals. and build the centerpieces or build the cornerstones of our franchise through our draft picks. And I can't blame him for that. You know, he's, he's really feeling everything around those positions, like around those uh, positions of major need and of high value. And he's doing it well. He's got to hit the picks. Then. That's the only thing for me. He's got to hit the picks because I don't blame him for it. I like it, you know, get your most important positions on rookie deals, get them homegrown. You want those to be your guys that you build through your franchise. But you've got to hit them. Then you've got mm -hmm. to hit. And I do trust him. I I mean, his second round, I saw – it was so funny. I saw a tweet the other day, a Lions fan saying, like, LOL, I'm not worried about polls with all these picks. And he posted, like, the draft from last year. And I was like, we drafted a two-team all-rookie with Brisker and Braxton Jones, a fifth-round left tackle. <laughs> when there was like five tackles taken in the first round and 
Kyler Gordon, I feel like, showed some high flashes. Also, like once the year started getting going for him, he was a lot better in coverage. And, I mean, I think he's probably our best open field tackler on defense other than our yeah. linebackers. I mean, there was a lot of times where someone got on the outside and it was just him and he made a play. He did. Yeah. And the, in the his his coverage improved throughout the year. So, like you said, he just keeps building these position groups and locking it in. Good GMs, you know, admit to their bad mistakes. Bad GMs double down and ride with these bad guys. A lot of people thought, what's he going to do with Bayless Jones? Is he going to keep the risk of, you know, not making any more wide receiver additions because he's doubling down on Chase Claypool? No, goes and gets DJ Moore. Not saying Chase Claypool still can't make up for the lack of success he had in Chicago last year. Another offseason, like another offseason with Fields and Getsy in the offense. Um, but still, like, the Valus Jones pick looked bad. The Claypool pick doesn't look good. Like I said, good GMs admit to their mistakes, go get better. Bad GMs double down on their mistakes, and he goes out and gets DJ Moore. I'm loving I'm, – I can't – I mean, this has been a phenomenal offseason for me. And our most important one in a very long time, I think he's done everything right so far. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to see because – we still, I mean, we came into today having the most cap space still. We didn't spend a whole lot today. We still presumably have we spent, the most cap space. I don't believe that we've spent any today, have we? Glassingay got an extension. I don't know if that was, any, that was broke, if that changed like, anything for this year. That, that did, it broke Thursday. But I don't think it became official until right now. Like, they were just, like, in talks the entire time. Like, he's going to stay with the Bears. I think the contract's just been worked out. But other than that, I'm really really interested to see because I was just watching the 1920 football draft finally. And a lot of his interviews, he goes, yeah, we want to keep our hometown guys on contracts and then turn our focus to this free agent class. He hasn't done any of that outside of Blossom Game, our long snapper Patrick Scales. And Equinemius St. Brown in the offseason. You know, there's obviously your future reserves guys that you're paying like 50K. But, you know, Cole Komet up for an extension. Jalen Johnson can be extended right now. And then you both have Claypool and Mooney who are going to be free agents after this year. It'll be interesting to see if he's going to give out an extension to one of those four. And I think if you're, if we're being honest here, the, the main two should be Komet and Jalen Johnson, if you're asking me. I totally agree. I think Kamat, we talked about earlier on around the loop, um, him getting an extension. He he really took a step forward, and I think he impressed the coaching staff. I mean, him and Justin Fields, that touchdown um, streak he had where he was just, like, constantly being that red zone target that Fields needed. Um, I don't think that it would be worth resetting that clock and starting over with a, a new tight end if it's not going to be like some super talented high draft pick, you know, this is a super deep tight end class. I'd rather spend that draft pick elsewhere and just keep Cole Komet. He's been great for us, um, you know, especially this past year. So, yeah, I don't see any reason to to uh, not extend him, you know, and I, I'd like to see some of that money go that way um, for sure. Maybe that'd be like, maybe we see that come out tomorrow and it's just another thing that polls, and us, we're on the same page about. I think I agree with you that you know it's been all positives from the moves that he's made. Um, I don't know, and 
it'll really depend on how we end up spending like all of our money. I won't, you know, I'm not too upset at us missing out on McGlinchey and McGarry. Um, you know, Zach Allen, even some defensive line help Draymond Jones, like you mentioned, I'm not too upset now, but if it goes the whole off season and we never address it, then that's a different story. Then, you know, maybe we should have overpaid, paid the extra million and a half or whatever per year that it might've been to get some of those guys. But, you know, I trust, I trust, I have faith. Oh, I, I have a lot of faith. And you just see all over Twitter, all these guys getting these deals like Jones, you know, Brown's still available on the market and McGlinchey. A lot of these people are saying like, they're not really worth the money. So like, mm-hmm. how can we sit here and be like, wow, you didn't do anything. But at the same time, you know, the offensive line was the worst in the league last year. Like you do have to address it in some way. Reform. But at the same time, I can't blame him because we watched the GM who we just had, like Ryan Pace, hand out massive contracts across the board nonstop, pushing money backload constantly, just pushing money down in the future and just handing out overpaid deals nonstop and just hurting the franchise long term. And he said that's something that he's not going to do. So when you see the national media talking about all these guys, it's not really worth the money. And you come from, you know, a franchise whose previous GM did that a lot. I can't be too upset with it. And especially if he goes heavy in the draft in the trenches, I, I, I'm feeling good. I, I'm feeling really good. Is that Skyler? Sage. 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 It's not, even, it's not even the the Justin Fields cat. Not even the Justin Fields cat. Yeah. But uh, Lucas's cat's on the screen. You guys wouldn't get it. You you guys <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> agree it's got to be especially with like someone like Jalen Johnson cornerbacks are really hard to come by and even like you know every once in a great while you'll find a great cornerback find good quarter cornerbacks there's not many and especially a position where it's just like up and down every year someone's the new best cornerback in the league and because it's mainly the hard hardest position in football I think Johnson Mm -hmm. has been consistent enough where he's definitely earned a contract and I don't want to I don't want to risk losing that but I do think another DB needs to be addressed some way, shape, or form. You can't – I don't think you can fully – we're not really in the position to win now, but I still think you can't trust Kendall Vildor to go out there and be our nickelback. It, it just doesn't seem – in any way, what shape or form you need one more DB. And this is kind of where I want to slip into the draft aspect of it. We're sitting at pick nine, Definitely. and that is – I've been running PFF mocks all day, <laughs> every day, ever since ever since we made the trade on Friday. I don't enjoy – I mean, I can't complain. We have a top ten pick, and we just made a phenomenal trade, but it's just like it, we're just missing out, it seems like. Yeah. Like, we're right on that edge of what do we do say I ran 15 mock drafts and there was three scenarios where I felt where we got really lucky. Tyree Wilson felt once, Jalen Carter fell once, and Will Levis slipped to nine, which I would love if Levis was there. That's beautiful trade back, gain some more picks. And I, I feel like I'm almost at the point now where it's like I'd almost feel comfortable if Carter or Wilson aren't there. I don't think there's any chance Will Anderson is there. I would feel comfortable moving back because I feel like if you go and reach 
for an edge rusher there, like Van Ness, Miles Murphy, who I don't really want in any way, shape, or form. I've watched this film, not a fan. Uh, but like Van Ness, Kalijah Kansi, Brian Brisey, they just see nine just seems like a big reach on those guys. And that's like your later teens type type of picks. So what are your thoughts? Like I I can't be mad at Paris Johnson at nine at all. But I'm I'm almost it's almost to the point where I'm out on Skoransky. Yeah, it's tough because like talent wise, he's probably like the most refined, like most talented offensive lineman. But you know, the arm size is a big deal. It's tough to warrant drafting someone you expect to be um I guess tough to justify some drafting someone you expect to be a guard at nine. And so I think I'm with you because unless we're switching gear completely and now trading up to get one of those Tyree Wilson or um, Jalen Carter type people, which I, I just don't see that happening. I think the the value in this draft for the Bears is going to be mid to late first round and early second round where the quarterbacks have gone off the board. This draft is really loaded at DB. A lot of those DBs have gone off the board um, and we're getting into the meat of where we have interior offensive linemen and you know still have pass rushers interior defensive linemen so those are the needs that the bears obviously have and i think there's a lot of of talent outside the the top 10 which is where we are um in those positions so at this point yeah i would i would like to see a trade back um into the first still you know trade back a few spots uh, maybe pick up another pick between our uh our seconds that are later in the round and then maybe even try and trade back up earlier into the second round and kind of hit that that sweet spot where we're still getting our picks you know our we're not settling on any guys necessarily but um we're maximizing you know how the draft uh fits our needs i suppose so yeah i'm on board for that i think to see a trade up unless somehow Will Levis falls. But at the same time, these DBs are looking to be going in that early mm -hmm. teens range. Yeah. So you see someone in the later teens like Washington, Detroit, they could easily be wanting to come up for someone like Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, or Joey Porter. Mm -hmm. So I think that is maybe like our only chance, or I guess if someone does want to come up for Skoronsky. But like I said, I mean, if you, you signed a guard, Unless they're bought out on Tevin Jenkins, like, and they're out on him with his injury history, who was definitely our best offensive lineman last year, I just don't see any way, unless they feel like Skoronsky can truly play tackle, I don't see any any reason on why you take the risk of, of him right there when you could, you know, maybe reach Paris Johnson right there. It's probably a reach just a little bit. He's probably in that 13 to 14 range of, talent wise but if it works out you get a starting left tackle for a decade by all means who cares if it's a reach there so I can justify Johnson but like I said if you feel Jenkins and you just signed Davis do you really think the need for Skronsky's there now let's say this how this plays out are you mad if we go Devin, Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez at nine I don't know. That'd be great. Like, our, I would be very happy with our DBs. It depends, you know, if we sign another defensive lineman 
at this point in free agency, like another big contract, which I don't really know who would warrant that uh, big of a contract or anything out of the remaining bunch. So I don't necessarily see that happening. So I'm assuming we're going into the draft needing defensive line help bad still. Um, I don't know. It'd be tough to say that I'd be mad at it because those guys are dogs. I think Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, like, animals. Did something happen? David Montgomery signed with the Lions. Three-year deal. That is the worst fucking news of the night. Oh, my God. That is so brutal, dude. We're having a fucking important episode, and we just see a fan favorite go to a division fucking rival. Are you kidding me? Wow. (laughs) Three years... Three years, eighteen million. We couldn't we get couldn't that pay done. Monty six. Damn. Well, Jamal Williams is a bear, I guess. Bajan. Bajan. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I could puke my guts out right now. That's <laughs> that's awful. Such a fan favorite player. Like you know, he's taking that deal just to get our probably just to get back at us. I bet money the Bears get Miles Sanders. Oh yeah, that's that's like that's it. That's it now. Although, it's got to be him. I don't know because we need someone better on passing downs, and I feel like Miles Sanders was kind of taken out on passing downs in favor of like Gainwell and Boston Scott. I don't know. Jamal Williams. <laughs> I can puke though right now. That dude. sucks, yeah, dude. I that's like gross. never thought that that would happen. Like he, you know. He said goodbye to Justin Fields that one day. Um, I'm sure you saw the video, like, and they were saying this seems like more than just a temporary goodbye, you know. And so Monty definitely could tell that there is a possibility, but I don't know. This seemed like something that wouldn't happen so soon. Damn. All right, guys. Good talking to you, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, call it a night. There's a Josh Bijan. Oh. I don't know. I guess that's what I was going to go with you next. Um, well, I was going to talk about, you know, could we bring back Montgomery? But that's obviously <laughs> not off the table. Um, so, yeah, how would you feel about landing someone like Miles Sanders? Or are you, would you rather just spend a draft pick there? Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be opposed to <clears throat> like a Jamal Williams. Or, I don't know, do you have, uh, like, a list of the, the running backs that are still out there? Kareem Hunt, like, someone like that. Yeah, I could definitely see he's Kareem still on Hunt. the board. He's definitely still on the board, I guess, free agent. Devin Singletary is a name that's been tossed around. I'd be not happy. With. I wouldn't love that, yeah. No, that's definitely someone that I would love to stay away from. Yeah. Um, Pollard gets tagged. Lenny Barkley got tagged. Jacobs got tagged. Fournette. Uh, yeah, I guess Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, Devin Terry, Rashad Penny signed with the uh, – that was really someone who I would love, like, as Rashad Penny. But, um, yeah. yeah, 
this isn't this isn't good news now because he eliminates one just a need for the Bears to resign, but it's the least of my worries, I will say. You know, we do still have Khalil Herbert, who some sit there and could argue he's better than David Montgomery. I don't believe that at all. I think David Montgomery is definitely the more talented back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that just takes a little need away. So I guess I'll Miles Sanders is definitely my pick out of the free agents. But if we walk away with someone like Hunt on a cheap deal or Jamal Williams on a cheap deal, that's by all means fine by me. I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. I don't know. It is a deep running back class. I know you've mocked up some Zach Charbonnet. Oh, I think I've taken Zach Charbonnet at 64 every single time I've done a mock draft. He's always there. Always there. I'd like that. That'd be. A, I'd like that a lot if – if uh. I don't know if I'd like that at 64, but, like, if he fell or if we traded for another pick in that area, then I'd like it, but I don't know. Yeah, It just, it just seemed to fit up with PFF's ranking. His average draft position was, like, 67, and they had him ranked at, like, 60. I was like, yeah, right in the middle. Bang, 64. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he – he mold six foot. Decent speed. He ran, what, a four five two, Like, not yeah. breakaway legendary speed, but – uh. Just a good back who, you know, would fit in a, an explosive backfield like Chicago. So that's definitely a route I wouldn't be against. Now let's look at some other options here. We really got to start thinking like Kalijah Kansi. Are you thinking that's a reach at nine? At nine, yeah. But trade back to like 12, 13, anywhere in that range, like, I don't care reach on him. I think he's super athletic. I think he could be, you know, that that three technique that really is a disruptor and, like, you can build the rest of the defense around. I think he's, you know, got a little bit of that Pittsburgh defensive tackle bias in my brain. But, I mean, the athleticism, the disruption that you see, like, that's exactly what this defense needs. So that's one of those guys that I would definitely be happy if we traded back and grabbed. And, honestly – I don't know. It may be the, the overall consensus on him is not nearly at that nine range, but if we walked away with taking him at the the number nine spot, whatever. It's the need that we have, and it's a player that fills it. And, you know, I like him. So if Poles does too, that's right. I just, you know, going through all these mocks, I think that they're with the pretty much the three second-round picks that we have uh, with that third round pick being pick 64 you know every other year there'd be a second round pick but you have to think center is a very heavy for second rounders I think there's like four that could go considering uh John Michael Schmitz out of Minnesota I think I've also taken Luke Whitefler out of Ohio State in every single mock that I've done (laughs) uh Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin so just like Three good offensive linemen schools right there as well. The uh, position of need in center. But we need to walk away with a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman with those first four picks. No, yeah. no doubt about it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we had like with how many picks do we have again now? Like eight, eight or nine. We have Something another like seventh round pick with the comp. Uh if we walked away with like three offensive linemen two defensive linemen, vice versa, three defensive linemen, two offensive linemen, and, like, a late-round wide receiver, late-round running back, and a late-round tight end or something like yeah. that. Just Or even more, more 
more just fill the trenches with guys like that. Like, take your risks. Poles has shown that he can find, you know, an undrafted guy like Jack Sanborn, uh, fifth-round pick like Braxton Jones, two solid DBs in the second. Like, he's shown that he can find value in the later rounds just based off of his first draft. So if we can land at least, you know, maybe like a guaranteed starter and tackle on the offensive line, we really that don't need another one, I guess. I would love to have a couple more, but uh, not an absolute lock with how we've handled free agency. Uh, but two defensive linemen starters as well, outside coming out of the draft with that, I would be ecstatic. Like yeah. I know a lot of people are talking about – the Northwestern pass rusher, not going to try and pronounce his name, <laughs> and the Kansas State pass rusher, Felix Anaduku, I don't even know. Like, once again, don't know how to pronounce his name. But I think that we both can agree with pick nine. The one positive about it is how weird the draft is. Every year, something crazy happens that you just don't expect to happen. Yeah. Whether it's someone falling extremely far down the draft board or someone being taken extremely high where they, I mean, we want, I mean, me and you jumped around about Clellan Farrell at pick four just a Hallelujah. few years ago. And like, so that's where I think the Bears could benefit because there's a good chance there's three defensive linemen and four quarterbacks gone for them, giving them option either one at tackle or option one at DB because I think Atlanta is going to go one or the other, either offensive lineman or DB there. But like I said, the draft is weird. One of these guys could fall or someone could take a quarterback who's not expected. I think best case scenario is someone come out of the top 10 to move up with Arizona and take grab a quarterback. quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Then that's just giving us so much free range. And the Jimmy G signing was huge for us because – Vegas could very well pass on a quarterback now. Um, and Taylor Heineke being signed, like, I guess it doesn't mean that much for Atlanta, but they've got Ritter. They've got Heineke now. They could go QB there, but that also just doesn't seem very likely. And so the question is going to be who's going either at Florida, Indianapolis, or because I don't think the Raiders are going to take a quarterback. Would they give Jimmy G a three-year deal? Yeah. So Levis very could easily fall into our hands. And then you've got teams like Washington who could think that's a little more unlikely, but Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is a team that could very well jump 10 or 11 spots to jump into the top 10. And I think that's going to put us beautifully in that greasy Van Ness range, maybe Kalaja can see if we're lucky as well. Yeah. And those are the three guys too, that, like, that's why exactly why I want to just trade back, I think. Like, the more we talk about it, like, I'd be happy with any of those guys for different reasons. Like, we need help. We, we're not really in the position where we should be, you know, holding on to the number one overall pick and, and taking our top guy just because we have it. Like, this is still a team even at nine where maybe it's best-case scenario we trade back and take two shots at at filling one of these spots instead of, trying to get the the best guy, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're still in a position where we have a lot of flexibility. It just comes down to polls taking the right guys, honestly. Yeah, this is a very, very massive draft for us. Like, 
especially after the free agency that we've had and, you know, not locking down our most important positions. Cause now, you know, like we're, we are in an Orlando Brown signing with a different team away from Harris Johnson, probably locked in at pick nine, yeah. unless he truly believes that Skoronsky can play uh, tackle. But like, that seems like a guaranteed lock at this point. If Orlando Brown goes elsewhere, I, I would be almost nervous moving back now. Like at that point, even if we do sign Orlando Brown, I think Paris Johnson's probably like the favorite to be for where we go at nine. I think Paris Johnson has left tackle, Orlando Brown has right tackle. If that's hopefully what we get him as, you know, four-time Pro Bowler there. So. I mean, that's, again, if you tell me that by, you know, the start of the season, we have Paris Johnson starting at left tackle, um, Orlando Brown at right tackle, Tevin Jenkins right guard, Nate Davis possibly left guard, and then a second-round center. Again, we just saw Ryan Poles take the worst position group on the team and turn it into the best. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd, that right I'd there, if we somehow – if we walk away with that and Justin Fields takes the step, that's a top offense in this league. Yeah, and it's like if be Justin Fields. Yeah, exactly. Like that just gives you time to build yeah. this defense, and it just speeds the rebuild up. The quicker you get the defense built, uh, and the quicker—I mean, the quicker you get the offense built, the more you can put these assets that we have all into defense. And they're not really as far away offensively as people think. If Justin Fields is the answer which we yeah. both think he is. But if he is, they're not that far away. A tackle, one more guard, and one more interior offensive lineman or center, like this team can compete with any offense in the league if Justin Fields is the guy. That's how good their weapons are. Uh, and if their offensive – I mean, obviously, if the tackle position plays out, you know, Orlando Brown signing works out and the draft pick works out. But already – I'm just juiced up. I want more and more to happen every single day. I, I just want one more signing, I think. Now, my last question for you is wide receiver. Let's yeah. say someone like Jalen Hyatt slips into the second and we jump on him. You upset with that? No, not at all. I think I'd rather have Jalen Hyatt on my team than Chase Claypool. And I'm not too high on Jalen Hyatt. Like, I don't know. That's tough. I think Claypool, because that's he'd, he'd be – I wouldn't want to take Jalen Hyatt, like, in the second round to be our wide receiver four. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd, I'd expect that we either move on from Mooney or move on from Claypool. I think Claypool moving on is the more likely option just because – Darnell Mooney has shown that he's Justin Fields wide receiver one. Obviously, there wasn't very much talent outside of him on the team, but he's put up a thousand yards with Justin Fields. He's shown that, you know, if anyone's staying on the Bears and staying as Fields weapon, I see them moving on from Claypool as opposed to moving on from Mooney. So, I mean, shit, DJ Moore, uh, Darnell Mooney and Jalen Hyatt. That's a pretty fast, pretty athletic, pretty good wide receiver core right there. And I think that's exactly what Justin Fields needs so I mean hopefully we still have that with Claypool now and we don't need to take that but yeah I'd be I'd be happy with that honestly 
Well, that's, you know, kind of my thing about it. It's like, let's say we trade back with pick nine and we're all thinking, okay, we're going to target offensive line. And we go someone like Addison or JSN. Like, mm-hmm. that immediately I wouldn't be too upset. Like, yeah, they'd be coming into a loaded wide receiver room and that's so much to spread the ball around. But you know you're okay. Because then at that point you immediately know either Claypool or Mooney is gone next year. Yeah. Because they're both going to be up for contracts after the end of this year. And that just eliminates having to pay both of them. And then you got a rookie contract for a wide receiver and you keep kind of just, you just, you refresh the wide receiver room immediately. Like DJ Moore is going to be up for an extension as well at the end of this year. Bears can extend him, which I could see them doing if he comes out here and has a phenomenal year, maybe like another two years onto his three-year deal or something like that, locking him into Chicago for five total seasons. So I think there's just so many options, so many assets that we have that we're not even done, man. I think from what we've seen so far from Ryan Poles, I'm a fan of completely. Yeah. I have a lot of trust in him. I'd be interested if they did. I don't know. I don't see them going wide receiver with Me neither. the pick, but we would get younger, cheaper, and better if we did. So. It's, again, tough to be upset when this time last year we had the worst wide receiver core in the league. So, you know, I'm not going to be too upset at us getting Justin Fields more weapons. If it means that we're not getting an offensive lineman that we desperately need, though, then I'm out on uh, a Jalen Hyatt or uh, a first-round wide receiver. No, I'm completely with you there. There's definitely – the trenches are definitely not the most important position that we need to build. But I just also – I guess I got to look at it this way, like, No one is expecting us to win now this year. So I'm not going to be too upset if they feel like they don't want to take the risk of overpaying someone or overreaching on someone in the draft just because our win, our win-loss total is probably going to be set at like six and a half, seven and a half. Like, yeah, it's an exciting year, but still there's a lot that needs to be meshed together. The trenches are massive holes. Like, if we don't go out there and fix this defensive line in one season, I'm not going to sit here and pout about it. There's a, I know just looking at mock draft for 2024, like, there's, like, three projected edge rushers as well next year. And if we walk away with one of those guys being – or with Carolina being a top-ten pick, then, you know, that's a need that we can fill next year. Because I still think our window is probably two years away unless Fields takes a Jalen Hurts step. And then now you're sitting with – potentially win now like if he's taking a step like that then you you look into 2024 and go okay this window can will now win now he's on a rookie contract let's make this happen so i'm excited we're gonna be back here very soon as we get closer to the draft and i know we're not gonna be talking any basketball or baseball today um this was just more wrapped around a bears episode bears special bears special uh, we got our insider, Larry, down in Arizona. So we'll come back with a little Sox and Cubs uh, season preview here in a few weeks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Peace out from uh, Sage and Lucas over there. Bear down. Bear down.